0: Could we turn in our Bibles, please, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And we'll read from verse uh, 14 of the chapter. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and beginning our reading at the 14th verse. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and beginning at verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with an holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Let's just unite in a word of prayer. Our gracious God and our Father, we turn to thee in our Saviour's name afresh today. We come, our God, uh, with that need afresh. And we always need thee, but Lord, especially... As we gather around thy word today, teach us from thy word and bless it to our souls and encourage our hearts. Even in the midst of our sorrow today, we pray that we might know the touch of God even upon our souls. Bless us for it's in Jesus' precious name that we'd ask these things. Amen. My text in today is verse 19 that says, quench not the spirit Now, in the last few weeks, we have been looking at some of these rapid-fire commands that Paul has given at the end of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We have looked at many of them already. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. Now, today, we want to look at some of the warnings that are at the end of this chapter. There are three commandments here and four warnings in the verse, or in the chapter. And I just want to look at the first of the warning that Paul gives. He says, quench not the Spirit. You can do that, you know. You can quench the Holy Spirit of God. If it wasn't possible to quench the Holy Spirit, then Paul wouldn't have given us a warning about it. And I want you to think about the role of the Holy Spirit. You remember how the Lord, coming near his death, uh, and his crucifixion was just around the corner and he promised his disciples that there would be another comforter another helper the holy spirit the spirit of truth who had come and he said i ascend unto my father and your father and he said there's another who will come after me and he will be a comforter and the holy spirit of course is the member the third member of the trinity he is God, very God, and He is here. But He has sent His Holy Spirit to fulfil a role. The Lord is not with us now in that sense, but the Holy Spirit is not only with us, but He's in us. He indwells every child of God. When you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell. He is not only um, uh, a helper. Uh, but he is our comforter, he is our paraclete, he draws alongside to help us, and we think of how the Holy Spirit has the role that he had, but he comes alongside us when he was on this earth, he was able to come alongside his disciples, now the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us, and he's with us day by day, he is there to be our helper, our guide, our comforter, our blesser. But we can quench the Holy Spirit. The word quench means to extinguish. It means to stifle or retard, Or as it is translated just here, to quench. It is used in Mark chapter 9 and verse 48 about putting out a fire. It is used in Matthew 25 and verse 8 about putting out a lamp. That's what it means to extinguish, to stifle, to put out, to pour water on the fire. And we can do that in our lives. And as we face the pressures of this day, and as we face the pressures of temptation, we can very easily do that. But what an awful thing it would be if we were quenching the Holy Spirit. We need his power. We need his anointing. We need his help day by day. To make known his word, to be effective in this day and generation. But if we quench the Holy Spirit, then we cannot be effective. We're going to be failures. And so we need to make sure that we do not quench the Holy Spirit. And that's why Paul is giving this warning to this young church. He's saying to them, quench not the Holy Spirit. But you say, How can I quench the Holy Spirit? Well, we want to think about that for a few minutes today. We want to think about the ways in which we could be guilty or we could inadvertently even quench the Holy Spirit and his influence and his blessing in our lives. And first of all, I want you to see that we can quench the Holy Spirit by disobedience to his will. The Lord wants us to be sanctified. His will for us is that we uh, be separated unto him. The word sanctification really means separation. We're separated unto God and away from the things of the world. And the will of God for every child of God is that increasing holiness. There is that growth in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Jesus Christ. We are to be separate further and further from sin. And we're to be drawn nearer and nearer to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's this process of separation that goes on in the life of every child of God. And there ought to be that evidence of growth. And there ought to be that evidence of drawing nearer and nearer to the Lord Jesus Christ. There should be a decreasing frequency of sin. And there should be an increasing frequency of drawing near to God. That movement Towards holiness. Paul said, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And he's saying that he wants to be like Christ Jesus. David the psalmist said, as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. He wanted to be like Christ Paul in Galatians 4 and 19 said, My little children of whom I prevail in birth again, until Christ be formed in you. Paul again, writing to the Colossians, expressing his desire uh, that he may come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Or writing again to the Ephesians, Ephesians 4 and 13, Till we all come in the unity of the faith, And of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man and unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so the Holy Spirit wants to move us more and more to be like Christ. We'll never be fully like Christ until we're taken to glory and then we're transformed by His grace and by His uh, mercy, and the fullness of our salvation is uh, revealed. And we are to be sanctified. That's what the Holy Spirit desires. And that's what the Holy Spirit's job is. He sanctifies us. He uh, brings us near to Christ. But there are many of God's people. And at times we resist his will. We resist, we quench the Spirit because we're not progressing. We're holding back. We're not going on the way that we ought to go. And we are uh, holding on to some sin, or holding on to some uh, habit in our lives that we won't let go. And by that means we're quenching the Holy Spirit. And I wonder if you're guilty of that today. If there's something of that, that we're quenching the Spirit because we have stifled our growth. We haven't grown in grace the way that we ought to have. We're still like little children. So many of God's people today, and they continue like little children. They don't mature in their faith. They don't grow. They don't have that desire to pray and to seek the way, the, the, the Lord the way that they ought to have. And we can quench the Holy Spirit. That's quenching the Holy Spirit. Because if you're not growing, you're quenching the power of and the influence of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. But not only is it the will of God for sanctification. It's the will of God for harmonization. Paul desires peace and unity amongst the brethren. We think of what he wrote to the Christians in Ephesians 4. And particularly in verse 3 he spoke of endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And in the same chapter, Paul warns in verse 30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. And then he goes on, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So we can grieve the Holy Spirit by a bitter spirit, by an anger, by letting these feelings envelop us. And maybe you say, well, I'm justified in my feeling. And maybe you are. Maybe there is some justification. But you've let that spirit, that bitterness, get into your heart and into your life and all of the rest of it. And you've allowed that anger and that bitterness to fester. And by that means, he says here, we grieve the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit doesn't want that kind of spirit within our hearts. He says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The Holy Spirit wants our sanctification and our harmonization. And then he wants our association. God's desire and will for us is that we have fellowship in the gospel. We have fellowship one with another. We read in Philippians 2 and 1, where Paul speaks about the fellowship of the Spirit. And he associates the Holy Spirit with the fellowship. And you cannot have that fellowship and you cannot have that association unless we are meeting together. Now, there are circumstances where people can't, because of illness or because of something that has maybe taken place on an emergency basis whereby we cannot meet together But here is the will of the Lord for us. He wants, he speaks about the fellowship of the Spirit. And we are quenching the Holy Spirit if we are ignoring when we could be here, when we're ignoring, when it is possible for us to be here, and we're well enough to be here, when we are missing the fellowship, and he speaks of the love of the brethren. So we can quench the Holy Spirit By thwarting God's will for sanctification, for harmonization, for our association. God's will, the Holy Spirit's will, is for these things to take place. And when we're resisting those things, we're quenching the Holy Spirit. But then, not only do we quench the Holy Spirit by uh, uh, thwarting or disobedience to God's will... But we thwart the Holy Spirit, or quench the Holy Spirit, by despising the Word. Now, the, the Holy Spirit is the author of the Word of God. We think of how he inspires the Word. It says in Second Peter 2 and 1, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, for holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. We're told that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, and so on. So the Holy Spirit inspired men to write down what they have every word is the inspired word of God. And we can ignore the word and rebel against the word. And by that means we quench the Holy Spirit. The very next verse here in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 says, despise not prophesying. And that speaks about the preaching of the word. He says, don't despise it. Receive the word and act upon the word. In Ezekiel 27, the prophet says, he says, and thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are most rebellious. And so here were people, and they were rebelling against the word. The word despise in that text means to take no account of, to disregard, to really show contempt for the word of God. And so when you disregard what the preacher is saying, and in the, in the context here we'll deal with it again, despise not prophesying. When you uh, are undermining the word of God by your actions, and just Ignoring what it says and not taking into account what it is saying. You are quenching the Holy Spirit. Not only does the Holy Spirit then inspire the word, but he illuminates the word. He shows us what the word means. In John 14 and verse 26, Jesus said, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have taught you. So it was the function of the Holy Spirit to bring to remembrance the things that they had been taught in the Word of God. And then, again, in John 16 and 13, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come." He says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit of truth. And he will guide you into all truth. He will open the word for you. He will teach you what the word of God has to say. And that's so essential. Think of what it says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor heard. Neither have it entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. And I want you to realize what that says. There are things that the heart of man cannot discern. There are things that are beyond. That there are things that are spiritually discerned. They cannot be worked out by logic. And they cannot be worked out by um, the processes of the brain. But they are things that are spiritually discerned. And it's the Holy Spirit that gives us the discernment. There are things that the unsaved person cannot see, cannot by the scientific method or by objective calculation or by any other method work these things out. These things are spiritually discerned. It says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 10, But God hath revealed unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So without the Holy Spirit, there are things that you'll never understand. There are things that you will never take in. Man's wisdom will never discern these things. So we need the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth, to lead us into what the Bible is saying, to lead us into the deep things, and especially the things of the second coming. But if you're listening to the Holy Spirit and reading the Word, and if you are seeking God's will, then God will lead you on and direct your steps and guide you. But if you're not listening to God, and if you're not reading his word, he can't guide you. And you're quenching the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to guide you, to help you. He wants to furnish you with every ability that you uh, can discern what the word of God has to say. But we can quench that. How? When we fail to study God's word. When we mishandle the Scriptures when we don't rightly divine the Word of God. We need to receive the Word of God with humility today. But we can quench the Holy Spirit then by our despising of the Word. And then we can quench the Holy Spirit by disregard of our wealth. And I mean by wealth the gifts that God has given to us. And we, we think of the spiritual gifts that God has given to his people in the Word. The Apostle Paul talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit more than any other of the Apostle. His teaching on the subject you will find in Romans 12, verses 3 to 8, and First Corinthians 12 to 14, and Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 16 in particular, but in other places as well. And in those texts, We find that the main purpose of the gifts and the offices that the Holy Spirit grants to his church is that he might build up his church in love and unity and that they might come to that sanctified maturity. And any use of the gifts that ends up in illegitimate uh, ways or is not uh, something that brings glory and honor to God is a misuse. Of those gifts. God has given us gifts. Now the gifts and the talent. Gifts really are different from talents. God might have given you a talent. A talent to play music. Or a talent to um, understand things academically. Or a talent that you have with your hands. That you're able to uh, make things and forge things. There are all sorts of talents that we have. And we can... uh, We can... Uh, we can help the talents, We we can enhance the talents that we have. But we're not talking about talent here. We're talking about something that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. There are the gifts that God has given to us. There is the gifts of wisdom and knowledge, the gift of discernment, the gift of faith, of mercy, of service, of teaching, of generosity, God wants us to use those gifts. You get people, God's people, who are generous. You get God's people who are very empathetic and are able to understand others. You get some of God's people who are able to teach. You get some of God's people who have the gift of discernment and wisdom. And we should exercise those gifts. And if we're not exercising them, we're quenching the Holy Spirit. Now there are other gifts that God gave in the Old Testament that have ceased. Gifts of tongues and prophecies and miracles. Those were given as sign gifts um, to indicate that what was happening in the early church was authentic. They were authentic, uh, giving authenticity to the preaching of the word of God. Those gifts have ceased. You find right in there, if you go even to the end of the book of Acts, you don't read about gifts of tongues being used anymore or any of these gifts. They began to fade out as the church was established. But God has given us gifts. You think of people who misuse the gifts today. They bring glory and honor to their own name. They, they seek to use the gifts in order to... Um, promote some ministry, or something else like that. But what we use our gifts for today is to make much of the Lord Jesus Christ and to glorify him and bring glory and honor to our King and to our Lord. But dear friend, if you don't use the gift, every one of us has been given a gift. Every one of us has something that God has given us. Every one of us Some have more gifts than others. Some maybe have more uh, of the blessing, as it were, than others. But dear friend, the Bible says, stir up the gift of God which is in thee. Stir up the fire to life. Don't, Don't hide your light under a bushel today. Let the fire glow. Let the light shine. Let's make sure that we are using our gifts and talents to advance the work of God, to see God's work go forward in the incoming days. You you might have a gift of being able to put your arm around somebody. Uh, You might have the gift of being able to encourage somebody. You might have that gift. Well, use it. Use it for the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we can quench the Holy Spirit by disregard of our wealth, of the gifts that God has given us. We can also quench the Holy Spirit by demeaning his witness. And it says in Romans 8 and verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is witness to us and in us. And he will speak to guide us And to direct us and lead us into the way that he wants us to go. And it may be he might lead you into the mission field or the ministry. And I know that there are those that have not responded to that leading. And they would say we're walking in God's second best. They've quenched the Spirit in that regard. But the Holy Spirit will lead us and he will direct us. Not only in that way, but he might lead us to speak to somebody that we come across. He might lead us to go into uh, a certain situation or go into a certain room or go maybe turn around and speak to somebody. And the Holy Spirit begins to lead us. And if we resist that, in many ways we're quenching the Holy Spirit. But not only does the Holy Spirit lead us outward, but he leads us upward. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does is to bring us into intimacy with God. And that's an essential component of the Christian growth and the spiritual growth that we thought about. We need time with God. And especially in this day, we need time with God. We are in a busy schedule today and we live in a world where every minute is filled and every second we have something to do and we feel as if we have something wrong if uh, we uh, are not able to sit down and take time with God. But you know that's what we need to do. We we, We think of how the Holy Spirit gives us That um, cry, Abba, Father. And that just means, as it were, Daddy. And he brings us into that um, intimacy of the family relationship. And that affinity and that communion that we have with God day by day. He takes us away from God seeming distant to us. To bringing us into the very presence of our God. And that intimacy is essential for our growth. And sometimes we just need to be still and know. That he is God. He wants to lead us into deeper, richer. More intimate fellowship with God. Now that's going to take time. It's going to take some of our time. And so often... We're driven away from communion with God because all sorts of things and the clamor comes in. Of course, the devil sends the clamor at times and he sends all the business. And sometimes, and you, you often find that just when you sit down to take time with God and when you go to pray, the phone rings or the doorbell goes because the devil doesn't want to get us into the place where we can have that intimacy with God, that time of prayer and enjoying the Lord's presence, we quench the Holy Spirit because very often we're just too busy. Too busy. We need God. We need God. And He has given us the witness of the Holy Spirit in order that we might be brought nearer to God. And oh, that we are brought nearer to our God today. That God would bring us right into his presence. Oh, how uh, we miss the joy and miss the blessing of being in the presence of God just because we don't take time. But one more thing I want you to see, and that is we quench the Holy Spirit by disrupting his working. The Holy Spirit work as we have just intimated in many ways is to move us to Christ likeness why does he do that because the goal of holiness is to be like Christ Paul said in Galatians four nineteen, I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you how does the Holy Spirit do that Well, he does it by the way that we've just said. He shows us Christ. He makes Christ glorious to us. In John 15 verse 26 and in John 16 verse 14 and 15, the Lord said that when the Spirit of of God comes, the Lord said that he would witness of him. He would witness of him. He'd show show Christ to us. He'd reveal Christ to us. To us, In 1 Corinthians 12 and 3, it says, No man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit. Is he Lord of your life and mine? Is he the one that we take direction from? Are we absolutely obedient to our King today? We quench the Holy Spirit, if the Lord is not working in us, if the Lord is not drawing, if we're not drawing nearer and nearer to the Lord, we think of how it speaks in First or Second Corinthians 3 and 18, but we all with open face beholding us and at last the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. He says we all, that's all believers, all Christians, He says, we have an open face. Our face is not veiled like Moses. Moses had an outward glow, had an outward expression that he'd been in the presence of God. But he says, for the child of God, we have not only it ought to be outward, but it's inward. The world should take knowledge of us that we've been with Jesus that we've been with Christ. But how often it is that we quench the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible speaks there where it says that we're transformed. It's the word transfigured. It's the same way that the Lord Jesus was transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration, and they saw something of the glory of Christ. And you know the Lord wants something of the glory of Christ To be seen in us. Is that true today? Is there something of Christ seen in us? If we retard that process, we can quench that process if we don't bother to spend time in God's Word and in God's presence. He says, Quench not the Spirit. Oh, that we may not quench the Holy Spirit to sit here and to find that the Holy Spirit of God is quenched in our midst and we're doing nothing and getting nowhere because the Holy Spirit of God has been quenched. Let's give ourselves to him. Let's place him once again as Lord and King of our lives. May we not only not quench the Holy Spirit but may we know the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in our hearts and in our lives. May God bless his word to our hearts for his name's sake. Let's just bow in a word of prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father, we thank thee for thy precious word to our hearts afresh today. Our God, we think of the warning that has been given. We're not to quench the Holy Spirit of God. And we pray that thou would speak to us today and draw us nearer to thyself. And, O God, that we might grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Bless us now, we pray of thee, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Can we um, sing the hymn 181, please, in closing? Thy Holy Spirit, Lord, alone can turn our hearts from sin. His power alone can sanctify and make us cure within um, well we've sing the, I was going to sing three verses but there's only four we'll sing the whole of the hymn and we'll stand as we sing 181 Our loving God and our gracious Father, part us in thy fear and with thy blessing now. Take us to our homes in safety. Watch over us and be with us. And we pray that thou wouldst be with us in the meeting tonight and throughout this day, for it's in Jesus' precious name that we'd ask these things. Amen.